This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that... Hey there, howdy. The most listened to program in West Texas. Maybe the state. We're just going to keep... I don't know. Maybe the state. We're just going to keep our composure about ourselves uh, and be humble. Be West Texas. My my forefathers lived under the ground and below the cap rock before Kawana Parker could be eliminated. So going to stay humble here on your other side of Texas. Thanks for tuning in and thank you so much for telling friends that you do hang out here where we do rave on and speak from an independent point of view on all things Texas and Texas politics and and Texas things broadcasting live from the Racer Car Wash Studios, the same studios from which Buddy Holly became famous. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. Racerwash.com has some people down the street who on Saturdays they fly their LSU flags, and that's a little shout-out to them, guaranteed. I cannot imagine how much I'd weigh if I lived in New Orleans or anywhere around there. Like, po' boys every day. Like, right now for me, the go-to, I'll do the, sometimes I'll do the triple, but most of the times I do the double Whataburger. And three days a week, I'll do that in a, this is lunch break, right? And I'll do it in, they put it in a nice little plastic container there at Whataburger. Two days a week, I take the bread. Um, but if I lived there and I did po' boys and Creole and Jambalaya, man, I would be, I would be on TV, on reality TV and they would have like the jaws of life on on my house trying to get me out of my house. That's how much I love Creole food there. Anyway, guaranteed. Racerwash.com. Big show for you today. At least an interesting show for you. And look, we read our demos and we know people who listen to the program so we've got a couple of good stories for you no lots of your follow uh, technology so mike bazaar of bazaar solutions out of lubbock is going to join us here in about 10 minutes and talk about what hardly anybody's talking about and that is the facebook data breach that happened last week what that means and it's interesting to me because West Texans are initially distrustful. I think Texans on the whole, especially in 
rural or medium-sized markets in Texas are distrustful, and yet we trusted Facebook, and yet maybe we should distrust them more than we should, more than we are. Mike Bazaar going to talk about what that data breach means, and then Joe Hyde. San Angelo Live down there in the Concho Valley. Talk about flooding within the valley and how bad it is and what's expected in the days to come. So that sets up this edition of Your Other Side. I need to tell you that one of the biggest issues in my life right now is the controversy that broke out in the Leeson Ponderosa last night. And yeah, big controversy at the Lisa Ponderosa. So this is how it went down. Um, I say last night, I've gotten my nights confused. If you've been married more than 15 years, you do get those confused. Actually, a couple of nights ago. I was going to a speaking event, and my wife saw me and said, before I was leaving, as I was looking rather dapper, if I might say so myself, you know, like in the Buck Owens, kind of a dapper. And she said, okay, so you're going to go to this event, and there's a guy that you're going to see. And my wife, being a realtor extraordinaire in 806 in Lubbock and surrounding said, uh, there's a guy who's going to be there. His name is so-and-so. I want to spare him from being mentioned on air and on, you know, for, for, few, for the posterity's sake going forward on the podcast. Uh, hey, so-and-so will be there. And I said, okay. And I don't know if I know him or not. She says, oh, he looks like Bradley Cooper. To which I immediately looked at Mrs. Leeson and said, is that really your frame of reference for this guy? Like Bradley Cooper? And she said, well, he kind of looks like Bradley Cooper. He's got like the the weak, long whiskers and kind of the long flowing hair, like cheek level. And I looked at her in a moment of utter jealousy and said, is that really your frame of reference for this guy? Bradley Cooper, he kind of looks like Bradley Cooper, she says to me, deadpanned. And then I moved forward in my masculine aggression and said, so how about this? The next time you go to an event, and I know that you're going to an event, how about I say, hey, say hello to so-and-so because she looks like uh, Christy Brinkley. How about that? To which then it's like a dead stare over the kitchen island. I said, no, 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 hold on, hold on. What about Debbie Gibson? Like, oh, she looks like, no, that's a throwback. But she looks like Debbie Gibson. Or maybe I'll throw out Molly Ringwald, and then things just get awkward. But then I continued on. And by continued on, I think you know what I mean. You guys who've been married 15 years or longer carrying on into a night that would be a lot of awkward silence in the Lisa and Ponderosa. How about, uh, hey, she looks just like J-Lo. Yeah. Look, you'll know her when you see her. 
from whichever direction. She she looks just like J-Lo. Or uh, maybe Scarlett Johansson. And it just, yeah, I mean, listen, listen. If, for all you West Texican females, don't ever reference another guy by somebody your husband's already jealous of. Like, so let me tell you how that went down. Get, look what we're doing tonight. We're going on leasing date night. We've got the, uh, you know, sign of the cross for the babysitter who's coming over with the leasing kids. Uh, but we're going to go out. We're going to have dinner, a glass of wine, and then, coincidence or not, we're going to go watch A Star is Born, starring Bradley Cooper, the Titanic of 2018. As it's being billed. Yeah, pretty suspect. I just so next time find like a local reference. Yeah, he kind of looks like the plumber. Or maybe he, you know, he looks like uh he looks like the electrician or the cable guy who came a couple of weeks ago. Maybe, you know, he looks like Mike Bazaar. That makes me okay. I'm okay with the, with those references. But Bradley Cooper, come on. Um, speaking of, I got to get Charity on the show because she is just really blowing and going in real estate and really, you know, look, uh, maybe some more news to break here. I am, uh, <laughs> I'm following con- consultation from Mrs. Leeson, thinking about jumping into real estate myself. Maybe Jane Leeson realtor. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe a pretty good side gig. Uh, get into some land. Fight for my farmers. I, I don't know. Uh, hey, if you trust stuff on this program, uh, the news that you get, uh, the stuff you read on othersideoftexas.com, I've shot you straight, and maybe I'll get into real estate and shoot you straight there. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But the bottom line is, Never tell your wife, oh, it's the guy that looks like Brad Pitt, or it's the guy, <coughs> excuse me, the guy who looks like uh, Bradley Cooper. That, and that's, now you're into taboo within the multi-year partnership. Just don't do that. Uh, try to steer away from that. But don't steer away from our friend Mike Bazaar. I know there are a lot of tech, tech geeks out there. Get into what we might have missed last week. All of us, almost all of us, have Facebook accounts. And what happened with this Facebook data breach and what's to come with that, we're going to get into that here on the other side, get into some Concho Valley flooding and all sorts of goodness here as we roll along on your other side of Texas Day, right where you are. Get some good bumper music, I gotta say. All I know is you yeah. gotta keep trying. Stick right where you are. AM 580 Lubbock. We're rolling along. Lubbock or leave it. And your love makes a living worthwhile. Hey, uh, chiming back in here on your other side of Texas, which is brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. 
Title I committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title I can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. I was remiss. I was in such a tizzy about the controversy at the Leeson household revolving around Bradley excuse me, Bradley Cooper, that I did not mention. You want to be a part of the program, you can text in. We read the great uh, text at 806-745-5800. You got questions as we go along. Uh, chime in there. And in studio, Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions in Lubbock, Texas. Get in with some tech news here as we roll along. Bradley Cooper with this clapping. You think it's Bradley? <laughs> uh, Mike Bazaar, thanks for coming in, yeah. bud. Yeah, no, for sure. I always like coming in. So here's the deal. Last week, something that was lost underneath the Regent Gate yeah. cloud, which was lost under whatever Trump takes up that day cloud, <laughs> was uh, Facebook in a data breach. A lot of folks out there, I would think almost everybody listening has a Facebook account. What did that mean? Yeah, so they uh, 50 million accounts at the minimum. They don't How many Facebook accounts are there? Uh, it's a couple of billion at this point. So it's funny because some people even came out and said, well, it's just a drop in the bucket. It, you know, Were they 50 million in North America they or all over? They haven't said. Okay. So it, it is uh, 50 million accounts out of the several billion, or you know, I think it's around two, two and a half billion or something that Facebook has. But it doesn't, I mean, if you put that against the population of the U.S., which is what, 330, 350 million? then you're talking about a significant portion of people that had data accessed. And I think what's interesting about this, and we were just talking a second ago, they didn't steal passwords, so people can be, I guess, okay with knowing that their passwords weren't stolen. But what they did steal was the security token. So when you log into Facebook, it creates a security token, and it keeps that on your computer or your phone or whatever, so you don't have to keep logging in. Well, the problem then becomes, at the worst case of this, is if I can use that security token to log into any other pages that I've used my Facebook login for, right? There's a lot of connections into Facebook, like your Spotify account. You don't have to log in with a Spotify account. You can just say, use my Facebook account. Well, anywhere that you've gone and done that, and there's a ton of websites that allow you to log in using your Facebook login instead of their own login. Mm. So say using your email or whatever else, you just use your Facebook login. Anybody that's got that, they're relying on those security tokens. So if I steal that security token, I could technically probably go try to impersonate you on other sites. And, and So it's 50 million people over multiple platforms. Potentially, right? And that's the – Facebook hasn't said how bad it is because they don't want to, right? I mean, nobody wants to damage their brand. And so – but they know it's 50 million. They know that the guys had access, whoever the bad actors were. They don't even know who it was at this point. Um, had at least 11 days of access, um, and that was 11 days for them to fix the problem. So that was detection to fix was 11 days. They don't know how long before that yet, or if they haven't said. To detect. To detect, yeah. Hmm. And so um, it's interesting. Facebook has good security, but the statistics like nationwide, small business and everybody, is average time to detect a data breach is like 260 days. 
So there's a potential they could be a lot longer. Now, Facebook has got a lot more money invested in security than a lot of those businesses do, right? But mm-hmm. um, it, it's pretty easy to think that they had longer than 11 days of access. So so what's that mean for the common? So let's say I've just got a Facebook account, and I just log on to snoop on my friends and to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's most people. Yeah. What's that mean for them, Bizarre? So... <sighs> It's probably not that bad. It depends on how much information you have and what you share on Facebook. And that's always kind of been the drumbeat around social media and everything else is what are you sharing and how do you be careful about that? So if you've got name, phone number, you've used your Facebook connection a lot of places, then Facebook's harvesting more of your data because you've given them access to it. And now these guys have more access to it. And so what that means typically when data like this gets stolen is they're going to sell it on the dark web, which sounds scary, but essentially the whole internet that you use is about 4% of the internet. The other 96% is the back end of it. Some of that's Google and search algorithms and whatever else. And then a big piece of that is the dark web, which is you could go buy, you know, drugs, guns, fake ATM machines, all kinds of great stuff on the dark web, right? That was, I don't know if you remember Silk Road a long time ago where you could go buy drugs and pirated movies and everything else. That's quote the dark web and that's where they sell people's credentials and you can go buy passports and other people's identities so those how guys how much does a passport cost uh, i haven't looked but hundreds so you can go do it they, somebody was selling a fake atm machine for twenty five thousand dollars you could go set up on the street yeah go park it on a street corner and say atm put a wells fargo or for whatever how sign much? you want 25 grand Sounds expensive until Sounds you start. Like a good investment. Well, if you can sell on average about $25 per credit card number with all the information. And if they're swiping it, they get all the information. And you put in your PIN number before you called the fake complaint line to say your ATM doesn't work. Right? Because obviously, why would you give out money? But if you put that on a busy street corner somewhere, so you're going to have a ton of people's credit cards in a real short amount of time. You have a Facebook account, Mike Bazaar. We're friends on Facebook. Why do you have Facebook? It's good to communicate with, you know, from a business perspective and and, uh, just personally with friends and family. And so, again, what are you sharing on it, right? I have my phone number in there, but I've got it set to only friends can see it, and it's marked more private. If I was one of these hacked, which I wasn't because... You'd have to re-log in already to Facebook. You know, they reset all those tokens. Um, then they could have seen my cell Wait, phone number. so you know that you've been hacked because you were asked to log back in yeah, within what period of time? So they forced a reset of all the stolen tokens. And so if you go to log into Facebook and it says you need to log back in, mm-hmm. it recreates a new what, token. What does token mean? So it's just a little piece of code. In this instance, right? Did so they, did they get all the private messages? or So if they got access to your account, then yeah. So, But you say, on one hand, they didn't get your password, yeah. but they got access to your account? Yeah. But they got access through the tokens and not through the password? Yeah. I mean, this is really making my Abernathy Independent School District <laughs> mind blow here. So think of it this way. Once you have your password's the key, but once the door is open, you put a cinder block there so it won't close again. Right? And they they use the cinder block to get into everybody, and now they have access in. So they took the token, which is you log in, Facebook gives your computer a token that basically says, this guy's for real. He gave us the right password. And if you steal that token, I can put that token in any other computer and go log in as you, and it takes that token and says, oh, yeah, that's Jay. He already logged in. So it will never ask me for your password. Mm. 
right? And so you're you're bypassing the password step and essentially just establishing trust up front. So has Facebook notified anybody? Uh, I don't know if they sent out notifications to to the people that were breached. I know they, they forced – there was 50 million that they reset that they knew were breached or, or had their data taken, and another 40 million as a precaution. And I don't know why you'd reset tokens on 40 million people unless you think that there was some legitimate amount of data scraping going on. Let me ask you. So here – I'm going back to nine years old. Yep. My great-grandmother helped raise me was a dispensationalist. I always talked about the mark of the beast. As a data guy, as a data security guy, at this point, is Facebook the mark of the beast? <laughs> like, are, are we all going down in the end because of Facebook? Google's probably worse. Google has access to over 70% of retail offline transactions. So you swipe your credit card at United, Google probably knows that you bought stuff at United even though you didn't actually give them access to it. They have all these agreements with Visa and MasterCard to get this data well, in the back end. What's that mean, though? Like you're at, so you're at the grocery store and they know that you bought something there. They know you bought Colgate. So when Colgate wants to advertise now, Google can pinpoint you real accurately. Well, let me just say, I'm donning my new Patrick Mahomes T-shirt yeah. that I bought yeah. online. What's up, Mahomes? Mahomes. Mahomes. Oh, yours is Mahomes. Sorry, I've heard what's up, Mahomes. Sorry, I'm jumping, it, jumping the gun. I think that's advertising genius. So the T-shirt is that it could be a long e, yeah. Mahomes. But does that mean that Patrick Mahomes could have access to everything I buy online and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs? Maybe and, their marketing department. Everywhere that has gotten tied into the back end, right? So it's not. On one side, you don't want to call it diabolical, right? I mean, it's not they're not bad actors, but Google is collecting this data because Google makes all of its money off of selling yep. your information. And it's the same with Facebook. You are the product. Uh, Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions here in Lubbock. Is that the website, bazaarsolutions.com? Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. And, and I've used you before, and that's why you're in studio because we like you and we trust you, Mike Bazaar. Uh, let me ask you this about Google. News coming out that Google Play, and I don't, mm-hmm. I gotta think that MySpace crushed Google Plus. Yeah. Like, if you look at MySpace users historically, yeah. and I think there are like four of them today, but MySpace was the advent of Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but Google Plus has uh, said, uh, Google has said that Google Plus was also violated or whatever terms you want to use how bad is that compared to facebook so it was only a half a million that they say on google plus they're shutting the whole platform down because it never got used and because they didn't use it there's significantly less information the thing is if you think about it if i can get access to your profile and all of your private statements, I can now crawl and index. Private statements. Just anything you'd say on Facebook, even it's to friends, right? But political leanings you might not normally have voiced because you didn't want to be public and upset everybody or whatever. Um, you know, maybe you said things about, I don't know, guns or the government or whatever. And now these guys, whoever they were that got access to it, have access to all that. And what they choose to do with it is how damaging is it, right? 
And that's that's the big deal. And so the other side of what happens with a lot of this data is they'll use it for spear phishing, they call it, which is sending you an email that sounds very real because they've used data from your life. So this data is out there. It's collected about you. And the more of it that they can put in, the easier it is for them to either impersonate you to somebody else or to try to get people to send money or whatever the case is, right? Get other credentials. The crazy part is, is people don't realize like your Netflix password is worth probably about $5 on the internet. I could sell it for five bucks because I know I have an active Netflix account because it's cheaper to pay five bucks once until you're caught and you reset your password than it is to pay Netflix 10, 11, 12 bucks a month. So guys are out there buying and selling us. So all this information has value. So if I can get 50 million people on Facebook and sell that for pennies on the record. I just made a lot of money. Okay, let's cross over into politics for just a moment, Mike Bazaar. Bob Knight once famously said to a group of, uh, to a room full of sports journalists, your profession is about two steps above prostitution. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I disagree with him. I think, well, I think if it's two steps above, the step above is political consulting. Okay. Yeah. How much do political? Let me go on a little riff here and just bear with me. I think that a lot of people like today was, and I say this at 529 p.m. Central Standard Time, your last time to register to vote if you want to vote in the November elections. People would be awfully disenchanted if they saw all the math, and I just use math broadly, into what goes into political consulting. How many public information data points that pollsters and consultants use to go off all of this stuff. But I want to ask you, Mike Bazaar, and this is a curveball, but how much do you think political consultants utilize the dark web to influence elections and is it difficult or easy for them to utilize the dark web so that's interesting what i think you'd be more likely to see is a company that like cambridge analytica potentially going out and trying to buy records that aren't necessarily legal to then feed to political consultants and and I think that would probably be more likely to happen than than consultants going straight to the dark web. Now I say that, but you know, you think about this last round and all the stuff everybody tried to dig up on each other. I wouldn't be surprised if there's actors within different political campaigns, consultancies, whatever, that would go out and look for dirt or go on the dark web to hire people to look for dirt. Like in opposition research or yeah, or go hack them. Right. I mean, you can malware for hire. There's all you can go on the dark web and pay a guy some money and he'll do it. Where do you go? On, like when you say the dark web, so is, you is get, it like HTTP, HTTPZ? <laughs> yeah. So it is. If you go get the Tor browser, which is the onion router is what it stands for. What? T-O-R. T-O-R. Yep. You can go download the Tor browser. And when you download and install that it anonymizes what you're doing and makes it bounces a a bunch of data points all over the world and makes you fairly anonymous and from there you can start searching and looking for the dark web and so um, it's certain websites like it was the silk road and you couldn't get to the silk road from www.whatever what's the silk road so that was a dark web website you could buy heroin and have it shipped to your door whoa 
Yeah, and you could go buy fake passports and guns and whatever Can you, you buy Topo Chico and have it sent to your front door? <laughs> well, you probably pay for a lot for it, you know. Yeah. But they'd use bitcoins and all this digital currency, right? Because it's not traceable and you pay online and you get do crack you know, or whatever. Do you know of political campaigns using the dark web? I don't know of any. I haven't heard of would any. Would you think it's logical that they would? I, you know, I... I would say if they were honest, no. If they were just looking for dirt, I w- it wouldn't be hard. So you think that's what op research would use? Yeah, I mean, if you're really wanting to look for dirt for people, why wouldn't you go find these hackers that have built these databases yeah. and other stuff of people? Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions in Lubbock, joining us here. We've got a couple of minutes left. Mike Bazaar, I've asked you about Google, and I've asked you about Facebook. So... You're a user of Facebook, but you do it cynically. Yeah, so I tell everybody everything on the Internet, not just Facebook. Treat it like it's April Fool's. They are all out to get you. And the perfect example, I don't know if you saw over the weekend a bunch of people sending messages and posting on Facebook, my account's been hacked, don't accept friend requests from me. I got that over and over. Nobody, there weren't even a ton of fake requests. If you really asked people, they were just posting that because their friends were. And so it is, you know, it's basically one of these viral hoaxes that everybody started sending it. And, you know, yeah, fake accounts get created and they want you to friend them so they can get your data, which is essentially what these bad guys did to 50 million people. But they did it by hacking, not by friend requesting. Yeah. But they want access to the data. So there stands my my treatise. And this is what I present to you, Dr. Mike Bazaar. <laughs> Twitter, uh, Facebook is the JV Twitter is the varsity. Like, if you really want to get into it with people, you really want to go out and fight on these internet streets, you do it on Twitter. Yeah. But I never get a mass message on Twitter that, hey, if you get another, I've never had anybody on Twitter say, I got a friend request from your account, from your name, your same profile pic. But uh, on Facebook, this last weekend was crazy. Yeah. Like I was trying to find a way and I can't do it because we get leads on the show and that sort of stuff. So I couldn't shut down, but boy, did I want to shut down my, my private messages. Yeah. Why does Facebook get hit and Twitter doesn't So on this most, sort of thing? Most of the information that you have on Twitter is already public by nature. Most of what people put on Facebook is private, unless they've got their settings set to public. But they usually are trying to keep it more private to their group. You know, their 3,000 closest friends, I say cynically. But, uh, you know, where Twitter is is more a public interaction platform, right? The things that are on Twitter are usually meant to be public, and so there's a little less around that. Because if you mark your stuff on Twitter private, you basically disappear. And on Facebook, that's not necessarily the case. It depends on your settings, right? You can make it hard for people to find yeah. you and send you friend requests and that kind so of thing. So if people want to tarry on and carry on on Twitter, or excuse me, on Facebook, Bizarre Solutions, what should they do? So a couple of things. Don't use your Facebook login on other sites. So if you're using Facebook, don't use that blue button that says log in with my Facebook login on other sites because it, yeah, because it stretches like, the I, web. I bought a great mug on Etsy. Yeah. Uh, other side of Texas, Jay, super official. Might start selling them. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our own Yeti. Yeah. But it asked me, do you want to log in 
with your email or with your Facebook account. Yeah. And I think you get that a lot, right? Yep. On Pinterest. Yeah. And all sorts And of Facebook places. wants to do that because they want more information. And even if they just know so that you're like going to that website. there's an agreement between Facebook and the linking account. Then. Well, it makes it easy, right? So if it's hard for you to create an account on that Etsy or wherever, whatever website, you're less likely to buy. If you can click log in with my Facebook and it can use that pre-authenticated token and blah, whoop, you're right in, you're more willing to buy. Mm-hmm. Facebook may not get a ton of information, but they will get that you logged into that website and that you were shopping there, which gives them more information for advertisers and everything else, right? So that's the trade-off is they're collecting more information by letting people tie in. So the other quick things is don't share public info unless you want to, right? Market as friends or friends friends of friends. Don't share it as public unless you want to do it. Go And I always tell everybody this, go check your security settings. Facebook has some wizards that will walk you through it. But if you go and click the little down arrow on the top right corner, go to settings. There's several security settings. And you can go look at devices that have recently logged into your account. If you don't know what they are, remove them, kick them off, don't give them access. Old apps that maybe you don't use anymore. You can see what your default permissions are. So like this Facebook hoax, go make sure that your friends list is only visible to your friends. So if you're not my friend, you can't see who I'm friends with, which makes it a lot harder for you to spoof my account and send it requests to all my friends because you don't even know who they are. Hmm. So there's different things like that you can do that'll do it. And then um, as with anything, two-factor authentication. So Facebook, Twitter, they've all got an option where you can go turn on two-factor. So when you log into a new device, it will send your phone a, a text message or whatever. There's a couple options that gives you a code. Punch in the code and then you're in. Yeah. And that helps secure it. Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solution. What's the website? BazaarSolutions.com. B-A-Z-A-R. Solutions. Just, just two A's, not three. Yeah, not three across there the There was a big bazaar night in Abernathy when I was growing up. Yeah. It had three A's, but it's just, <laughs> just the two. B-A-Z-A-R. Yep. Mike Bazaar, thank you for making time to come on. And uh, we're going to talk over the break here because I've had people... I've made a lot of enemies over the past, uh, yeah. not uh, not intentionally, Yeah. but people have asked me, is all your stuff straight online? Yeah. And uh, I think it is, but uh, Bazaar and I are going to get into it. I use them. You should, too. Check them out. Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions. And we're going to hear about uh, San Angelo and get into the Concho Valley and the floods that are coming. You can't do anything about the floods, Mike Bazaar, just the online floods. But going to get into that. Stick right with us here. Some Hank Williams Jr. carrying you in to the next segment here on the other side. And we'll go stepping out and we'll go On the other side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horde, and Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Uh Appreciate Mike Bazaar for coming in. If you want to be a part of the program, 806, got some loser texts, but I'm sure that some West Texicans out there can get us some winning texts. 806-745-5800. If you're listening to the live stream here as we broadcast to you 
on a Tuesday. A little programming note uh, on Wednesday, Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, straight down the middle, been doing this for 40 years, going to be with us tomorrow on the program. And then on Thursday, you have Selena Zito, who's been a, a really well-renowned national columnist, going to come on and talk about the politicians we deserve, where we are in this new world order that we stand in. And she is definitely right and right-leaning. And then just so that in you know, kind of our motto of Raven on Catherine Hayhoe is a world-renowned climate scientist, also an evangelical Christian. She'll be in studio on your Thursday, other side of Texas. So got that looking forward. And uh, uh, all attention has been on the floods. Uh, I should say a lot more attention should have been on the floods down in the Concho Valley, the San Angelo Way. And uh, we're going to have shortly uh, somebody from the San Angelo Live website. And it's not just somebody, it's Joe Hyde is going to be uh, joining us from the San Angelo Live website. Uh, We'll have him coming up here shortly uh yeah just go out to the text line it was a stare down in the kitchen uh there with bradley come on bradley cooper that's going to be your frame of reference come on mrs l that that's not the way things go uh mrs l you can't just say uh brad he looks like bradley cooper because that just makes every masculine uh intuition nerve twitch uh is well so guys are i I really believe this guys are much more um much more insecure than women i believe that with all my heart Uh, guys want to know that they are held in high esteem that they are needed uh It's not a matter of I love you. It's I need you. Man, whenever you hear Bradley Cooper, that just makes things go to the underside real quick. Uh, So we do have on the line with us Joe Hyde. He owns San Angelo Live. And a story that a lot of folks need to begin to look at are the storms and the flooding. And not just the flooding, but the flooding to come down there in the Concho Valley. Uh, Joe Hyde, how are you, buddy? Hey, Jay, it's good to hear from you. It's been a long time. Well, I'm um, glad that you had time to come on, bud. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's our pleasure. You know, we, we have to let the, the the folks up there in Lubbock and on your extended podcast audience know that we do have uh, some news that's breaking down here south of you or south and east of you. Yeah, on and, uh, the other side of Texas. Uh, tell us about how extensive this flooding's been. And, Joe, it, how historic is this flooding in from your point of view? Well, you know, when you talk about historic floods in West Texas, uh, it all, you know, all the water out here actually kind of flows there toward the I-35 corridor there down down there by Austin. They call it the Highland Lakes uh, complex. 
but uh, I would, you know, since we built so many dams and reservoirs and things like that over the last hundred years, uh, it's not as bad as it was like back in 1935. That was from back when we had probably the worst, one of the worst flooding situations with this this water system we're talking about. But uh, the one that happened uh, over, I guess it started on October 8th, two days ago, was actually the Lano River, and the Lano River starts down there toward Rock Springs. If your if your audience is familiar with going down to the border toward Del Rio, um, the South Lano River starts uh, just north of Rock Springs, and it flows actually it flows actually northbound toward Mason, and uh, it finally joins the the uh, Colorado River. Uh, and, and dumps into uh, just north or just just right around the Buchanan Lake there uh, on the on the west side of Austin. But what has happened is we've had all this all this rain, uh, these thunderstorm systems that have been coming up from primarily down in Mexico, and they're moving in here and they're dumping all this water. It's deluging this water up there in the north, up in the higher elevations near Rock Springs. And one of the reasons why the Llano River runs northbound is because. Rock Springs is about 2,400 feet, and uh, and and the city of Junction is about 1,700 feet. So you have about you know 600, 700 foot of of run, you know downhill uh, run. So you you put a whole bunch of thunderstorms over that area, and of course it's all limestone. So this water has nowhere to go, hmm. and so it all kind of migrates into these uh, into these riverbeds, which are for for the for lack of saying a better word down there. There's you know the Lano River south of I-10 is pretty much dry. And last night, or night before last, we had over 100,000 cubic inch, or cubic feet per second going through that the Lano, the South Lano River into the into the city of Lano. And to put that into perspective, it normally runs at about 100. <laughs> so uh, you're looking at a hundred times increase of the water. It's like a wall of water just came into that town, and it um, washed out a mobile home park. That's where all the rescues were done. And we still have four people who are missing. Last I looked, it was, uh, it's been about a couple hours since I've been talking with my guy down at Junction. But uh, yeah, they're 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 searching for three guys and a girl. And one of the guys is uh, actually from San Angelo. And I believe the three guys and maybe the girl too. They were working on a pipeline crew. And you know, we're building pipelines from the Permian Basin down toward Corpus. So that was, that was part of the deal. Uh, for but, reference there, Joe Hyde, uh, about an hour and a half by highway, an hour, hour and a half, is junction to the southeast of San Angelo. Whenever this stuff rolls through, you say a, a mobile home park, I assume, it right? just essentially picks up the structure and carries it with us, uh, with it on something that's running a thousand times faster than is usual? Yeah, it's ex- exactly what happened. The, the Lano River, you know, the bed of it is not dirt, you know, like you like you would have in East Texas. It's rock. So when that when that water pours in there, it, it goes, you know, it very rapidly goes out outside the banks, the historical banks of the Lano River, and uh, it washes away things all, all around it. So um, that's... That's pretty much what happened in Lano. Just had a wall of water coming down there, you know, from all the rain down there in the unoccupied, you know, sparse areas down there toward White Rock Springs, and it uh, and it just deluged the little town of Junction, Texas. Wow, uh, deluged to what extent? Well, um, I don't know. The last the last major deal they've had down there, I think, it was about year two thousand or so. And I might be off on my on my timelines, but you know, they're they're calling it, it's like a they're 
some of the some of the things I've heard down there is like it's a twenty twenty five year flood kind of thing. Hmm. So maybe maybe you know in the nineties, late nineties, they had something similar to this. But uh, like I said, we they rescued uh, nineteen people out of the water, and you know, please understand that down there they have the DPS has their helicopters and. Uh, we got drones from the Texas Parks and Wildlife. They're, you know, doing doing the search and rescue operations. They're actually, they've actually closed off the airspace on top of Junction, Texas. You can't fly if you're a, a general aviation pilot. You can't fly over Junction right now because they have so many air assets in the ground for the search and rescue. Wow, wow. Joe Hyde, SanAngeloLive.com, with us here. Uh, what is the forecast extended, Joe? Is it supposed to run well, more down there like it is up here on the Cap Rock? Well, you guys, you guys can take all the rain you want. You'll have all that that dry land cotton, right? <laughs> it's but, too uh, it's too late now, Joe. But thank you. Oh, is it too late? <laughs> yeah. Now it's just going to ruin everything. <laughs> just going to ruin the crops. Well, I, I just got off the phone with the San Angelo National Weather Service forecaster, and he said, "Nope, it's going to be pretty boring tonight." So they're not they're not anticipating any kind of rain or precipitation. Well, what about end of the weekend? Did they give you any lead on that? They didn't give me any any. He did he just he didn't give me any indication that there's any more severe weather on the way. Yeah. Um, and what we're seeing now, what you're going to be hearing about in the news now, as it gets closer to the Metroplex, or not the Metroplex, but the the Austin area, San Antonio area, that area, primarily Austin. We have all those big news stations that didn't really come out to San Angelo or out out to the hinterlands to find out what's going on. You're going to start seeing all that that water is starting to hit the dams. And starting to fill all those reservoirs up between here and uh, and Austin. So you're like Lake Travis, you're like Buchanan, Marble Falls, that kind of area. Yeah. So you'll you'll be hearing a lot a lot from the from the big guys there in the I-35 corridor about all the water coming in there. But uh, it's, it's, I think I think we're out of the bad bad time right now. Uh, Derek texting in here is we roll along. Uh, how bad within San Angelo itself? San Angelo actually is benefiting from this. Um, you know, the and, and we're all we're all kind of in the same uh, boat with this. We, you know, all our municipalities are in desperate need of water, and uh, of course, San Angelo is unique. And then we have the Concho River uh, system coming through here, and uh, it's filled up all of our reservoirs. Like the Twin Buttes Reservoir is doubled in in the volume. Um, and of course, all of that goes into our water system, uh, all the way out from from Twin Buttes to Lake Nasworthy, all the way out to Lake Ivy toward Brownwood. So, what you're seeing now is our ground saturated. Uh, I think over the next couple of days, we'll start seeing some really good numbers in our reservoirs as far as how much water is in there, and uh, the days of water left. That's what we are always looking at locally. Uh, how many days of water do we have left? Do we have you know? Uh, we have 20, 52 weeks of water if it didn't rain again, those kinds of things. We'll start seeing those numbers crop, you know, going up and up and up. And people start wanting their water bills to be cut, you know, because we have so much water out here. Now, we did, we have had, we had a system that kind of went over Midland and went up over Big Spring. And water out of that is feeding into the upper Colorado River. So you'll hear about high, you know, flood stage uh, waters like near Robert Lee, Texas, which is a little bitty town north of San Angelo. Um, but you know, it's not going to impact much because there's nothing there, but you know, ranch land, there's no major mm. structures or population centers up there. So but, uh, at current, uh, three people missing, uh, four people missing, one, a San, 
San Angelin, right? In, yes, that's correct. Uh, but given the rain, lucky that it's not been more thus far. That's right. I mean, and, and you just think about these poor guys. That you know, you know how it is when you get into situations where where circumstances get out of your control, and uh, that's what happened. To these guys down there in that, near that RV park, and it, you know that wall of water came through there, and and there's you know doesn't matter how well you can swim. I mean, you're getting swept away. Yeah, yeah. The horror stories. I can think of three, at least. Uh, extended forecast. I know I asked you about going into the weekend. Next week, what's it looking like, Joe Hyde and Concho Land down there? I haven't even I haven't even had time to look into the weather for next week, so I couldn't. You know, we, we're going to have to we're going to get the National Weather Service on here and talk to them about what the weather looks like. Mm-hmm. This is these systems are you know are pretty typical uh, this time of year to to see these these kinds of big thunderstorms kind of build as the cold fronts start coming in, uh, hitting the warm air from the summertime. You know, this is the, this is the time when the when you know our weather's going to is going to start cooling down, and you know probably by Halloween will be cold. So, yeah. Well, Joe Hyde, it is SanAngeloLive.com. Appreciate you taking time to come on. A lot of people concerned about it. it's a lot of news you don't hear, but that's what we try to bring here. I know that you do it daily basis there in San Angelo. Thanks for taking time, buddy. Hey, Jay, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, say hello to all the people in Lubbock for me. Well, I sure will. And across the state, there you got Joe Hyde, San Angelo Live. And uh, we'll just check the weather patterns and maybe get back in with you down there in limestone country, Joe. That sounds great. We can talk about highways next. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> a right. big subject. It's actually, yeah, we'll probably bring you back on to talk about that. Some big movement in the legislature to change the highway funding so that it benefits big uh, urban metropolises. We call them suburbitarians here, Joe Hyde. But, uh, we'll get exactly. They, that's what they are. They're suburbitarians. They don't know how to hunt. They don't know how to fish. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe Hyde. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you, Jay. You take care. All right. You as well. Uh, Going to catch a quick profitable ba- uh, break, I should say, as we are the capitalists that we are here on the program. Stick right with us. Going to close out and set you up for the rest of the week. See what uh, Mrs. Leeson has to say as I bring you the latest from Leeson Ponderosa. Stick right where here on the other side. At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Welcome back in. This segment is brought to you by Lubbock File Room. Appreciate all you Aggies listening in College Station, Red Raider Nation, and Dallas and Houston, and uh, really hats off to you guys that you want to hear about what's going on here on the other side of Texas, the other side of that I-35. It's all made possible by 
folks like Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage. Whatever your lot is in life, uh, they will provide safe and secure document storage there. At what do you got? Thanks. Lubbock File Room. Since 1992, for a free and hassle-free estimate, call LubbockFileRoom.com at 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666. LubbockFileRoom.com. A couple of things that I want to address. I've gotten some text messages. What about Regent Gate? Look, I'm going to write a piece over the weekend about where we stand now with Regent Gate and be very transparent as I've been all along. There are still tentacles out there. I'm told that between six regents and eight regents would, would which would make up everybody except for Rick Francis in Regent Gate, uh, asked him or made the case for him to step down, that it was out in the public or Regent Gate theme music that tech was under the thumb, and it was pretty apparent to too many people. I do think that there are follow-up questions as we look at a new administration under Ted, two D's, Ted Mitchell, who I like a lot. And actually, I was going to go get a haircut this week. I've grown my hair out, but I've decided that I'm going to hold off a week, maybe two weeks, and I'm going to get the three-inch Ted Mitchell flat top and get me a white lab coat, maybe with a Texas Tech Health Sciences Center a patch on it and be Ted Mitchell for Halloween. Um, and how great is it, by the way, that our chancellor can kick your chancellor's a money money. If it came down to MMA, you put Ted Mitchell in the ring versus anybody. And it's Ted Mitchell at the end of the day. I promise you that. But here's the problem. In all these unanswered questions, how did the regents, those Five, at least five, get the info they needed to boot Bob Duncan. And this is going to fall in popularly on a lot of ears at Red and Black Nation. But they must have gotten it through the presidents at the university to get to what they wanted. So how wide is the net and what do we still not know? And I hear it, and I want to sing Kumbaya and just go forward. And in a lot of ways, I'm there. But you got to know how stuff works. And these regions, and I've got the Freedom of Information, or not the Freedom of the Public Information Request drawn up. It's been kicked to this, the Attorney General. And I guess, like, 30 business days from now. I, I don't know where we are on the calendar. That stuff may or may not come back to me. But I think it's very problematic about, I don't think it was collusion. I think that if you've got a job and you've got a higher board coming in asking you questions, then you're going to answer those questions. But regardless, you answered those questions. And so I'm not quite done there. And there are a couple other leads that I cannot 
express on the radio, but I think a couple of regents ought to still be concerned. And quite frankly, one of them, and here I'm speaking in code to one of them, stop being so brazen in what you're doing because it's still out. You can still be gunned from the, from the wall to home like Rick Francis. And it just, I, I would really encourage at least one of you to calm down because the jury is still out and you wouldn't believe like anonymous mailbag this week is going to be off the hook. All the requests that I'm getting to continue this and why, and we'll bring you a couple of those in the next couple of days. But, um, that's where I am with it, that there was some inside help from tech. It's pretty in, I mean, it's just stands to bear that that's where we are on all that. And we're going to continue to follow up on it. But for now, I got to get home. Got to get home. Great family. Above average dinner. And then maybe an above average movie with the aforementioned Bradley Cooper. As we go watch A Star is Born Tonight. And I do so very uncomfortably there. And uh, that's where I'm going to leave it because I want to get home to a great family and not mad dog stares from my wife of coming up on 17 years. Uh, next, tomorrow, Ross Ramsey, uh, a Democratic candidate for the Texas House, Drew Landry, who I'm told draws his Second Amendment uh NRA lifetime membership card whenever he is introducing himself to people, maybe a different kind of Democrat, uh, be talking with Drew Landry and Ross Ramsey tomorrow. High level radio for you there. Going into Thursday, Selena Zito. Uh, go look up uh, the politicians we deserve. Read her and then Catherine Hayhoe, evangelical Christian climate scientist, Coming up for you on the next to after edition of the program. Two editions from now. Thank you. Grinning ear to ear that you would take time and that you would share this program with friends. I love the growth and I hope that you appreciate the vein from which it comes that we just rave on here in Lubbock. We are not sheeple. We are West Texacans, and we get into the news that matters here on your other side. We'll see you next edition of The Other Side of Texas. Check us out, othersideoftexas.com, Facebook, Other Side of Texas, Twitter, at OSTX Show. See you next time, my West Texacans.